I'm, um, I'm feeling kind of ill. <laughs> David, you can laugh now, but an open mic night can be a surprising amount of fun. Worst case scenario, we get some people in the store. Okay, no, worst case scenario, I watch improv. Tune up your guitar and prime those vocal cords because it's open mic night at Rose Apothecary. David reluctantly agrees to Patrick's newest scheme to drum up business, Alexis recruits Ray for a motel rebranding photo shoot, and Moira accidentally becomes the sole witness to the Shits Baby's gender reveal. Welcome back to Shitlist as we unpack Season 4, Episode 6, Open Mic. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Shitlist. It's Stephanie and Katie. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are on the precipice of halfway through season four. We are, we are on the precipice of greatness. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Episode I sure four, where six. you were going with that, Stephanie, but we are on the precipice of greatness. I think so. Hmm. Katie, how has your week been? It's great. I feel like we're back. Yes. I mean, we're taking we're back we're just in time to take another break. <laughs> taking a week off, but we're back. Just for like Thanksgiving, you guys. It'll be fine. We didn't need any more mental health days. We didn't need any more physical health days. Mm-hmm. We're recording on Thursday like regular, and now we will be off next week again. <laughs> just, we finally got back in the groove just in time to it's be just, on a break. It's just one be, week, though. That's all. We'll it'll be, be fine. Speaking so. of that, Katie, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Um. So... Much of my family is actually going on a cruise. My two older sisters and their husbands and then my younger nieces and nephew are all going on a cruise. Um, We were all invited to go and, you know, wanted to go. But we, Joe and I already had Spain booked. And then my oldest niece, Crystal, and her fiance, Dan, they're paying for a wedding. So they Mm -hmm. just opted out of that one. So they are actually going to come here. Okay. And they're coming Wednesday after work. And we're going to go. We're running a turkey trot Thursday morning. Oh, good for you. And the three of us, Joe will not be watching. And I don't think he will be spectating either. He's just <laughs> not that kind of guy. No. And uh, then we're going out to dinner. We're going to watch some Lions football and we're going to go out to dinner somewhere nice. So very nice. You guys are going away. We Chicago are. We're going land? to Chicago land. My old stomping grounds from my college days. Mm-hmm. So we're going to spend like four days in the city and we'll do some touristy stuff, but also just like. I want to do, they'll have like the Christmas markets getting yes. set up and. Uh, well, you said Sushant's not spent a lot of time in Chicago, He hasn't. Right? So no, I want to show him like the neighborhoods where I used to live. I used to live up mm-hmm. in Lincoln Park and by Wrigleyville. So excited to How show him. How far of a that. drive is that from you guys? It's like four and a half hours. So it's not, okay. it's okay. closer than Michigan is for us actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. So See, we have a lot of friends that live in Chicago and I always tell Joe, it's so close like it's realistically like two and a half hours for you can it's get there in two and a half hours yeah. yeah and i'm like every time we go we just you know we don't go that often anyway but we never do any of the touristy stuff i'm like we really need to just go be tourists in chicago because we usually just inevitably stay at our friend's apartment sure. and hit their local bars and whatever just never go to a navy pier it's a waste of time really i remember Public going service announcement. in high school when i was on a field trip and it sucks. I was like, maybe, do we need to go to Navy Pier? And even our Chicago friends are like, answer no, is nobody, you don't. Nobody they, wants to go to Navy. Pier. Nobody <laughs> needs to go to Navy Pier. <laughs> Not at all. But what we are going to do for our Thanksgiving dinner is we're going to the signature room, which is the 92nd floor of the John Hancock building. Mm-hmm. I've been there many times. It's kind of when I was in school, my mom 
loved coming and going there. So we would go there for like brunch and stuff. But Mm -hmm. what's cool about it is you can go there for a meal or you can go to their bar. So you get like a $12 drink and enjoy the bar and their view. Or you could pay like $20 and go to the observation deck, which is one floor lower. (laughs) So it's just as good of a view. So yeah, we're going to go to the signature room for our Thanksgiving dinner. And fancy. it'll be a nice time. I'm assuming that's a place you have to dress up a little bit. So yeah, I probably shouldn't place. wear my making a list and checking it thrice Christmas sweater mm-hmm. from last year. <laughs> Thanks, Jenny. <laughs> I should Shout probably out to Jenny for those. a little bit. Yeah, I was just Fancier. thinking about this sweatshirt and I was like, oh, I know yeah. it's almost time to bring out the that out. Christmas paraphernalia. Speaking of holiday movies, um, mm-hmm. since we're kind of in our opening segment here, I wanted to remind everyone of that. Uh, Dan Levy movie that came out on Hulu last year, Happiest Season. So I was just I did thinking about all that. the good holiday movies. And that one yeah. really, I thought that was really cute. I did like that movie a lot. I, yeah. Yeah. It is. It, did it make you cry? Moments did. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything. I, we'll talk about what made me cry. But it was it's, it was seemingly like the most ridiculous moment in the movie that just made had me sobbing. But oh, I won't ruin it for anyone that didn't see it. Okay. Well, you guys have or a week to like watch it. Been out there. <laughs> but we'll give people one we'll give them two more weeks so when we come back we're we're talking about it so you've got two weeks to watch it it's on netflix as katie said um Um, out there also is as a quick reminder is big brunch on hbo max too i didn't watch any of it yet but i keep getting updates about that on instagram i maybe i'll watch that over the next couple weeks and get caught up um, what were our social engagements from the past week? Because we did put some polls out from of, last week's episode. Polls, some yes. cheese ep- uh, polls, some godparent polls. Uh, your first one was the chicken and waffles one. Oh, that yeah. Got a, that got a 56% nom nom. <laughs> that was kind of surprising how close that was. But here's I, my I speculation. The people who said no um, probably haven't tried it is my guess. You think so? Okay. I think so because I was you, that in theory before I tried it, I'm like, oh, no, that doesn't sound good. No, thanks. But then I tried it. I was like, oh, actually. Yeah, it's uh, amazing, right? I can get on board with this. Yeah. I got I to gotta find a good place. Um, Did you see the one girl that wrote in and she was like, oh, I actually just had this. She responded to the poll first, but then listened to the episode and was like, I had to tell you it was at Tupelo Honey that I had chicken and waffles when I was like talking shit about. Well, maybe you need, <laughs> to, go like, well, maybe maybe I need to go back and try the waffles because I did not have that either time. Yeah, so. maybe that's where you can try it and see if you like it. Yes. And they do have good cocktails. You know how I feel about a good cocktail. So that's where it's going. <laughs> I again, know. I yes, I do. <laughs> um, Godparents. Yes. Zero uh, percent were a strictly standby for future custody. Most people either said just a spiritual or religious supporter or both spiritual support Plus, and custody. you're moving in. Yeah. Uh, that's too much pressure for me. Yeah. My sister knows that asking me to be her son's godparent is, is not purely mad. spiritual. If I'm the only one left, like, yeah, fine. I'll take care of your kid, but you don't want to be top of the list like Johnny. I'll, I'll take third or fourth place on the list yeah. like Johnny okay. was. And then my favorite, my personal favorite, and we didn't even talk about our own favorites last week, was favorite cheeses. You're right. We didn't mention our favorites. So I've had some time to think about it, too. Um, I think my favorite is either like a Gouda or I also really like, um, I like, like if I'm getting a sandwich, I like provolone. That's one of my okay. go-tos. Okay. So for sandwiches, 
my variety is great because it depends on the sandwich is what kind of sure. cheese I'm putting it on. But if I'm going just cheese, I like like a super sharp cheddar or something okay. really salty like pecorino or Ooh, Romano. Pecorino is good. Yeah. I also have a recipe. Um, it's a four cheese mac and cheese, except it's like oh, cauliflower yes. dominant. But, oh, no. Um, no, 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 <laughs> but no, 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 no. It's actually really good. Um, no, no. Trust I'll me. I'll take the cheeses, but I'm putting it on pasta. <laughs> well, I put Gruyere cheese in there, and oh, okay. I like that because it tastes good, but also it's fun to say Gruyere. So, what? Wait, like. tell me the flavor palette of like a Gruyere cheese. It's like a so it's a harder cheese that you have to grate. Um, okay, okay, but it has like a, a little bit of like I'm not a cheese connoisseur enough to talk about it, but like a maybe like a nutty flavor. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's not maybe in a, a pecorino y like. Yeah. It's maybe. not offensive to the, the taste buds. <laughs> Fe- like some. There's a lot of cheeses that smell feedy, right? Feedy and just like foul. Moldy. <laughs> a little bit so moldy. Here are just a couple answers we got, and we'll stop okay. talking about cheese. But we got yes. a brie from my niece, Crystal. I do like a good brie. Mm, um, yeah. Swiss cheese is good. That's like my go to for a turkey sandwich. Uh, goat cheese, another one of my favorites, especially if they have like um, like cranberries wrapped around it or some kind of fruit. Mm-hmm. And then one of our fans wrote in blue cheese or washed rind, which neither one of us really knows what oh, that is. So no, I, I don't really know. Bonus points if you write in and tell us what washed rind cheese means. Yeah, let us know. I also like baby bells just because you get to peel the little wax wrapper yeah, off and it feels like kind of bell. bougie. It's like a string cheese, but in a wheel. Yeah, it's fun. Do you eat your string cheese by pulling it apart? No, I you chomp have. on it like a monster. You, you do not. <laughs> I do. I don't have time. You have. If I, if I have string cheese chomp- at work. Serious? Yeah, I chomp on it because. What kind of person eats string cheese without making it string cheese? Somebody who is effing busy and is hiding Are from you, 60 Stephanie, students in their small office with no windows. Are She's you trying to fucking eat. mature to eat string cheese and strings? I would love the opportunity to eat string cheese leisurely and peel it apart. That's my dream. But my reality is you are down in my closet being as quiet as possible. So no one knows I'm there so I can eat a piece of string cheese. You're right. That's you are like a fucking monster. (laughs) I can't believe you. I like the cheese and not the label. That doesn't translate. (laughs) And not the eating method. And not the eating method. Yeah. Uh, All right. One last wait. Go ahead. One last quick bit of news. Just in the trans community, Amy Snyder is on champion uh, tournament of champions on Jeopardy this week. Oh, this is the week of Jeopardy where I'm literally too dumb to turn the television on because it's all hard shit. <laughs> it's it it's such a so, hard question. You know, week I really love is uh, Jeopardy Junior week. I'm like, what? <laughs> like name the colors of M and M's. They're oh, always really this. easy. <laughs> They're always really easy on Celebrity Week too. Well, that's exciting. She won a lot of money. I can't so, even remember how much she as won. Of literally, the minute we're recording, it's a th- it's a first to three games win, and it's two to one. She's only got one right now. So the I I don't know. It could be decided before we're even done recording. She could lose um, if the other guy wins his third game, or it could go again if she wins or the other guy wins. So right, we'll have to talk about that next time. Okay. Well, cool, cool. But I'm too too stupid to to watch Jeopardy this week. That was the <laughs> point of that story. Well, we're not too stupid to talk about Schitt's Creek, which is what we do best. So let's dive in. If you're ready, we are at season four, episode six. 
open mic. Let's open up our mics, Katie, and we're going to dive in. My mic is open and hot. Okay. Hot mics coming in. Okay. We're going to start with the cold open this week. We are at town hall and Roland comes busting through the door. He's got a manila envelope in his hand asking Ronnie, what's the combo safe? He needs to, uh, or the combo for the safe. He's, <laughs> he can't remember. He needs a locksmith. Presumably he's got to put this document in there, whatever it is, whatever it is. Bob is there. He chimes in that he just used a locksmith because Gwen locked him out. And then he kind of pauses. Accidentally. By accident. We see a lot of deterioration in this episode. We get little (laughs) um, pockets of it throughout the previous seasons. But I think there's a lot that sort of comes to light in this scene alone, really. But no, the envelope actually contains the ultrasound results from uh, Jocelyn's baby ultrasound. Um, so presumably she's like at least halfway through 20 weeks, I think, is typically when people find out the gender through an ultrasound, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. I have no idea. But I also know from people who've had ultrasounds and babies, like you can just have them not tell you that information and they will be strategic in how they like right. take different angles and they just won't include that because I know people who have opted to be surprised. Right. Um, or realistically, I mean, you probably want a picture of the sonogram but like you said like take a picture of just the head or the profile don't circle circle the m or f Mm -hmm. at the bottom (laughs) like there's literally no reason to tuck this away unless you're doing an elaborate gender reveal or something right and that's sometimes when people will get it in an envelope because they want to be surprised at their gender Mm -hmm. reveal for example my older brother when they had their first daughter nora who's uh, been on the podcast briefly a couple weeks ago uh she's nine years old now um but when they were pregnant with her they did a gender reveal where they got the results in an envelope which they then gave to i think it was claire's parents who then arranged the balloons in the box to reveal okay so they got to be surprised in that moment as well so yeah i do know they'll put it in an envelope if you're gonna like have somebody surprise you but sounds like the shits don't even want to know at all which i'm like, like well then just don't 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 know don't find out then don't find out <laughs> let me ask you this you're you have friends who have kids oh yeah. have you gone to a gender reveal party do you know have you ever like done videography for a gender reveal party nope. or what nope, are your thoughts on those sort of things? so personally i i mean i don't know this i don't have kids but i feel like if i were having a kid it would be extremely hard to not find out but also, that's how it used to always be. And there are so few surprises in life. It's kind of more mm-hmm. fun when you don't. Because I've had friends. And I currently have a cousin who I'm pretty close with who's expecting a baby. And they don't know. And it's like so much more fun to get that call mm-hmm. the day or the text. It's a boy. It's a girl. It's just, yeah. It just seems really more fun to me. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. not any less fun for the parents. I right. have heard that when you don't find out you get more practical gifts. I was just going to say, if you find yeah. out you get more clothes because people will be like gendering the baby and yes. like, oh, this is a cute boy's outfit or girl's outfit. So you get a lot yeah. of clothes versus things that maybe you would actually need that are on yes, your registry. like multi-use clothing mm-hmm. that you could use for baby one or two or three, right. whether it's a boy or a girl or just items instead of clothing. Right. I definitely felt for like sure. that is the case. I always... So... um I always thought, because I'm the same way. I think if you tell people, 
and would I want to know if I was pregnant or would I tell people? Part of me thinks I would want to know for myself because while yes, it's one of the few surprises in the world, it would help me plan. And there's enough, I think, unknowns in a pregnancy and a a eventual birth giving as it is. You think you would keep it a surprise for everyone else though? I think I would. I think it would keep it a surprise for everyone else or what I would do, which is kind of sneaky is if I did have a baby shower, I would announce it at the baby shower when they've already bought the gifts. Yeah, so it's then like, they don't okay. have time to buy you all the cutesy things. <laughs> now that you got one of the things I need, yes. spoiler alert, the baby is blank. Good, um, Good to know for future when you have But yeah, baby. it's one of those things that like, it doesn't change the outcome one way or the other. So I can also understand just not wanting to know and being surprised because mm-hmm. hopefully it doesn't impact your well, that would be a fear too, or... because I feel like you know people are hoping for one thing or another. Some Sometimes, people do, yeah. Like, I mean, a lot of people are. It's like it doesn't matter. It's but on the inside, they might be like, it actually does matter right, a little bit, right? Or, um, or it might scare them in yeah. a little different way, knowing, right? You know? So back in the fifties and sixties, when my grandparents were having kids, these were my mom's parents. She's one of seven. They had five girls, and the Ooh. first four were girls, and I think on the fourth girl, my grandpa was pissed he was like are you serious you gotta be kidding me and then their fifth was a boy and then their sixth was a girl who was my mom and then they had one we more boy but like a, i could like, understand maybe the well, frustration they didn't find out back then either they didn't There's find no, out there was no way but i could understand maybe hopefulness if you had a lot of one absolutely and you wanted so another or we whatever. had a bride and groom that we were pretty close with and i kind of keep in touch with through social media and they had three boys and we saw them a couple years ago at a at a recent wedding at one of our last weddings and she was pregnant with her fourth and they were not finding out and i was like after three boys i don't think i could <laughs> not not find out and then the day came and they were posting it i was like oh my god they had a girl i'm okay. like i'm so happy for you. they were really happy they would have been happy no matter what but sure. also now this girl's like gonna get treated like a princess because she has three huge three big brothers to look out for her big and brothers. is like the baby of the family so that's cute yeah so yeah um back to the story Lots of baby the shits, here. the shits don't want to know. They want to be surprised. And I love Ronnie's response to this. She's like, um, "Your wife is pregnant in her forties. How many surprises do you need?" Which is so quick witted of Ronnie. But then also, okay, this again. I think we're going to talk a lot about babies and pregnancy in this season, just with Jocelyn. But despite us, neither one of us having ever been pregnant or have babies. But the average age of a woman who becomes pregnant in the U S is currently 30 years old, which is the highest that number has ever been, but that's the average. So people, people are having are kids later in They're life. Waiting. Yes. There's also, I don't know if you're aware of this, Katie, but if you are pregnant at 35 or later, you are considered a geriatric. I did know that pregnancy, that's ridiculous. which seems insane to a lot of women. And yeah. So I think people are waiting to have families later in life so hearing that the average is 30 and that at 35 you're considered geriatric geriatric senior citizen seems crazy (laughs) because to me it's like well jocelyn we don't know where in her 40s she is like mid or late 40s i was wondering how far into her 40s we know she was a young mom with mutt so yes that's true so like if she was early 40s to me that's not a big deal if she's late 40s then maybe a little more impressive but yeah. um, yeah. I mean, I feel like she has to be at least mid 40. If you consider that, Mutt I would guess at least mid 40s, maybe like 45, 46. If I had yeah. to guess. Yeah. yeah, me too. 
So I feel like people are doing everything later, though, not just having kids getting like, married. I think of like how old I was when I was ma- got married. I was 25. When I think of that right now, that is so fucking young. <laughs> like I think and Crystal's older. Crystal will be how old am I? She'll be 29 when she gets married. Mm-hmm. So four years older than I was. And that seems normal to me. Now. Yeah. But I'm thinking 25. What was I thinking? Was I mm-hmm. thinking? <laughs> I don't know. How did um, I have my life figured out enough to get married at 25? That's right? what I think when I think about that. Yeah. Times are changing. I mean, I'm 34 Weird. and I'm just. But this seems normal. Chilling with my live-in boyfriend. I know. It seems normal to me, too. I feel like I was young, but I wasn't because, okay, I was like the first in our friend group to get married, but then people quickly followed suit like mm-hmm. in the year yeah. or two to follow. So it was interesting. Weird. Well, um, Roland says it's a shit family tradition to keep the baby gender surprise he's trying to remember the combo to this uh safe he's like it's either my birthday or gloria estefan (laughs) and then he goes off to try to open the safe meanwhile moira comes in speaking multiple languages mucho dias mis amigos mucho dias many days (laughs) many days my friends (laughs) it's uh half spanish half french is what that translates out uh to be uh, Bob is still talking to himself about getting locked out. He's like, the good news is I got a new keychain and I keep a sleeping bag in the car and then starts like laughing and crying, just kind of getting a little dark. Like we're realizing yeah. his relationship he's, with he's a break down, I think. and maybe he's finally realizing it. So Moira sits down at her desk. Roland is trying to open the safe and she sees an envelope there. doesn't know what it is. And she just goes ahead and opens it, assuming it's for her. And just as she opens it, Roland comes back. He's like, it was Gloria's birthday. And he he rattles off what the date was, which I didn't catch. I think it's in the 50s. I caught it because that was a trivia question. It was not. It was the tiebreaker question for the second game. I would not have won that tiebreak because I did not know it before today. It's 9157. 9157. Wow. That is a very specific trivia question. Uh, The person that the people that won got it. That's insane. Kudos maybe we're not. Maybe we're fake fans. If yeah, we don't know we're that. Fake. I, um, so he comes out and then freaks out because Moira uh, is like, who put a picture of a ghost on my desk? And he's like, why would you do that? Which to her part, that, um, sounds do look quite like ghosts. I've seen they do. like cousins. You get one of those creepy 3D. Ones the 3D those ones, they, they look like they're made out of clay. It's a yep. little too scary for me. And she said, you couldn't possibly tell by looking uh as far as what the gender is, but then does note that it does say on the bottom what it is. <laughs> oh, wait. Yes, you can. <laughs> uh, and Roland's like, you can't tell anybody. And now she feels like trapped. That's not fair. Burdened. I shouldn't have to be She's the burdened. one, the only one encumbered with this emotional cargo, she says. So she clearly doesn't like to keep secrets, which is kind of interesting. I mean, um, I don't feel like that's surprising, though. Mm, I guess. Not that she doesn't like to, but I feel like she can't. Like she's she definitely. Can't. Well, now it's this pressure. Like you have to keep this to yourself because she suddenly needs to like tell somebody. Like she can't even wait. With Ronnie, she looks to bed. Ronnie, and Ronnie shoots her down. Um, and then she kind of looks over Robert, and Bob is like waving his hands, like mm-hmm. he's not. He doesn't want any any of this either. So that's the cold open. Moira is stuck with this news that she didn't want to know and has to keep it secret for presumably you, twenty more says. weeks. <laughs> Until this baby is born. Yeah. So um, we're going to stick with the Moira storyline first, I think. And okay. then we'll take our break and then we'll we'll go from there. So um, next we see Moira. She's in the cafe. She's reading a book. I didn't 
catch the full title. I should have looked at my book. It's a hint of something. A hint of amnesia. A hint of amnesia. <laughs> Just a hint. Which makes of perfect sense. A little bit. Uh, she's reading and uh, a very prog- pregnant Jocelyn rushes in, says she heard what happens and she feels terrible for Moira being in this situation. Um, but Moira insists like, it's fine. I pushed that information to the back of my brain. It's no big deal. But Jocelyn starts going on and on about this tradition of not knowing the gender. And it apparently goes way back to Salem, Massachusetts. 1692. Um, the Puritan <laughs> days. Yeah. Uh, so the shits have been around in North America for a long time, if mm-hmm. that's the case. And apparently one of Roland's ancestors, a great, 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 great grandmother, um, accidentally predicted the sex of her daughter's baby, daughter's baby, and was put on trial for witchcraft. And Moira's response is "toil and trouble." She says, "toil and trouble." <laughs> um, do you know much about the Salem witch trials, Katie? Uh, not a uh, not a ton. No, I don't. Um, I, I've been to Salem, Massachusetts. I have been there, um, but I don't know. Don't they have know a memorial it. and they have a museum and it's pretty messed up, to be honest with you. Like, it is. I do remember we read a lot about it in high school. And, the hysteria um, around yes. it and also the quote unquote evidence of someone being a witch to me is just complete bullshit. Like, um, well, wasn't one of the things like that they could swim? Yeah. If they don't, wasn't if you that, throw them in the lake and they don't drown, don't then drown. they're a witch. Um, also like finding objects in the walls of their house. And sometimes the object is like a doll, which could be a child's doll, but they consider that like, I don't know if they correlated that with like voodoo or something. Yeah. That's what or, I was thinking. Just like, like anything could be evidence basically, which is so messed up. Um, so a lot of people, mostly women were, um, put on trial and hanged for witches. Well, there was a, is- um, popular play and or maybe a book the crucible the crucible I remember yeah reading that or and seeing that portrayed yeah by um arthur miller i think wrote. um but yeah it's it's pretty pretty ridiculous part of our history yeah um one of so, those not so glamorous <laughs> things about our history no but in spite of saying all this jocelyn is like trying to to get moira to fess up the results she's pretty desperate like she's torn and she's even like, wouldn't want to break that shit family tradition, tradition, stupid yeah. witch. The, <laughs> sar- the sarcasm is heavy there. Yeah. She's breaking down. She's like, I'm embarrassed. I'm just like, it's a do lot you, to process. Do you think she's in the Ronnie camp? I'm pregnant in my 40s. How many more surprises do I need? I think so. It sounds like yeah. this is a shit family tradition and not her. Yeah. She's married into that family. So I think she's reluctantly following the tradition. But at this point, yeah, she's had enough surprises. She probably mm-hmm. just wants to know, okay, I clearly have no baby stuff, so I need to know what kind of stuff I want to get and what I need uh, to I plan need to for. This stuff out, yeah. My last baby is now pinecone hunting somewhere. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I need I need to know. Um, and as she's rambling, Ronnie, I love this again. Ronnie is so funny in this episode. She walks in and she sees the conversation happening and Moira tries to call her over. And Ronnie just immediately turns around and leaves, like wants nothing Makes to do. Makes a beeline for the door. And Moira's justification is, oh, she must have forgotten her handbag. That's why she left. So then we jump to the next day. I think this whole episode takes place over about two days. Because um, next day, the shits are all together. And they at said town at town hall. Yeah. and. They say they come in as a united front that they have decided they want to know the gender results. They're going to break the family curse. They want to find out. Um, they said they had a brief seance the night before. <laughs> I saw 
<laughs> I just picked up on that. All this toil and trouble around finding out the gender. You literally a have a seance. 50, you have a that 50 seems 50 shot. scarier than finding out the gender. <laughs> I mean, a little bit. Bob wants to get Gwen on the phone to hear this news. But Moira is like, well, I don't think I want to be responsible for invoking a coven, she says. she She's now a little superstitious. Uh, Bob has got Gwen on the phone. She's taking a break from her Pilates. So let's find out these results. But Moira can't remember what she saw on the ultrasound because she's like, it's a, it's a girl. And they, when she said wheel, that. She said it so like sweetly too. It's, it's a, a girl. girl, almost as if she were excited for them and happy for them. And they were obviously excited. And then she just totally screwed up yeah. the moment. Well, they have a name picked out. Do you remember the name? Tammy. Tammy. Which, which I actually had a baby surprise me. Yeah. I had a babysitter named Tammy when I was a kid. But do I think Tammy? that's a contemporary Tammy baby? It feels name? like an 80s to early 90s name yeah to me. she was my babysitter in the 80s and early 90s so yeah okay well that holds up um but yeah quickly moira takes that away from them because boy. she's like or oh, a boy she she really can't remember <laughs> um and she blames roland for keeping making it putting a secret, all the pressure on her. all this pressure on her she's like you kept the secret even from me like she literally blocked it out of her brain she's like good but don't strategy, worry good strategy i guess i guess so she suppressed that memory but the sonogram is still in the safe. But unfortunately, so is the combination because she wrote it on a sticky note and she put both sticky note and sonogram in the safe. So I guess they're going to have to call a locksmith if they ever want to get back like, in. I love how she's like, well, that I admit is my blunder. That That is my blunder. That <laughs> is the line that made Joe laugh the loudest through this watch through. I'm like, that's what you think is the funny. Okay. <laughs> um. Ronnie has had enough, though. She's like, I'm going home. Going and home. apparently Gwen is already hung up. So she's like, this isn't exciting. I'm going to get back to my Pilates. So, uh, yeah. Imagine Gwen doing Pilates. I mean, you never know. I guess if she's into that. She's full of surprises. I personally hate Pilates with a passion. <laughs> I used to do Pilates in high school. I'm not. That's not Ugh. for me anymore. Um, so that's where we leave off. We don't know the gender of the babies yet. The baby yet um and moira is kind yeah, of that's not a that's not a Freudian slip it's just a single baby <laughs> it's just a single baby um and moira is still kind of to blame for this whole uh conundrum yep. so katie i think we'll take a break we'll throw it to our sponsor and when we come back we're going to check in at the motel with alexis johnny and stevie excellent today's episode is brought to you by the newly rebranded and modestly updated rosebud motel Located in the heart of Schitt's Creek and formerly known as just Motel, the Rosebud Motel is a must-stay for road trippers and weary travelers. Their new turndown service and daily happy hour featuring local cinnamon buns and bottom well vodka, among many other amenities, will leave you feeling relaxed and ready for the next leg of your journey. Be sure to visit their new website, rose.bud.motel.com, to receive 20% off your booking and a free bag of pot roast on your pillow upon arrival. Again, that's rose.bud1d.motel.com. All right, and we are back. Thank you, Rosebud Motel, yes, for sponsoring you, this Rosebud. episode. Shout out on that rebrand. Good job changing over to Rosebud. And Stephanie, I want to personally thank you because on your last road trip, you stayed at the Rosebud and swiped me one of their keychains. I did. <laughs> and now it's on my car keys permanently. So thanks for being a little klepto when you No were there. problem. I'm sure uh, just like 
uh, Bob, what? they had to call a locksmith. Was that, was that the key that. from, was that the key to room 10, Stephanie? Uh, you'll, you'll never know. <laughs> All right. But yeah. Thank you, Rosebud Motel. And congrats on the new branding. Very exciting news. Very exciting. Yes. Um, so speaking of Rosebud Motel, we are going to move along with Alexis and Johnny and Stevie who are at the motel I like together. This. I like this story. I do too. Um, Alexis, she is in school. We haven't really seen much from that side yeah, of things. Not a lot of college actually. Lately, well, but she is still enrolled at Elmdale College and she has a project or presentation that she's trying to put together. Um, and she's going to pull in Johnny and Stevie as sort of her subject for this. She she wants to help them reinvigorate the brand, the mm-hmm. motel, so to speak. I did notice, so they're in the motel lobby and Alexis is giving them her pitch. I did spot in the corner, there is a coffee bar with a box of cinnamon buns and it's Excellent. just the box that's like cracked open. I'm like, you guys got to get a cake a cake plate with a lid for One that or something clear glass things exactly because this right? is this is not yes. appealing it looks like someone just forgot their do you have one of those clear glass things i do and you know what you mine... would stephanie <laughs> i actually won mine at like a bridal shower years ago oh, like that was a gift nice. a prize but it, a what i prize. what i like i know what i like about it is it can actually be either a cake plate or you can flip the base upside down and then the cover can like sit into the base as a punch bowl so it's Ooh, sort of like a twofer okay um, that's nice that's yeah nice. i have a clear cake plate which usually we use for cookies so that fur stays off the counter okay, <laughs> gotcha. but yeah alexis she is prepared she's got a binder with a bunch of notes and tabs handwritten notes all over mm-hmm. basically says i've been doing some research on you guys and this motel needs a ton of work Top to tail, she says, which I think she is says, a cute I'm just going to be direct, basically. Yes. <laughs> gonna, there are some very serious but manageable fixes. We see Johnny kind of squirming just at the thought of extra expenses. I mean, they've already hired Roland, so there's more money coming out, yep. uh, going out and coming in. Uh, and she's also brought their box of comment cards and is kind of showing them that you don't have the best feedback from your so guests. It's clear that nobody looks at these. Nobody reads them. Stevie says this is just a placebo effect. So people who need co- to complain have a place to do. And honestly, that's probably better for them than having them comment in a public space, like on an online right. review, because right. that can do like more damage. The, like, look what the little fussy little fucker did to them. Yeah. Um, you're, their, yeah, you're totally right. Their one star rating down. Mm-hmm. So Johnny even kind of agrees with Stevie. He's like, these reviews are just written by people who are bitter. They've got too much time on their hands. Which I love was. that description. <laughs> Alexis is like, well, most of them are from my mom, but which some are sense. from a real guest, which I can totally see Moira coming in on a regular basis to write a complaint hmm. and put it in the box. <laughs> I was not satisfied with my turndown last night yes. or whatever. She is bitter and has too much time on her hands. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> Perfect description of Moira. But all of those comments from Moira are distracting from the guests who are actually trying to point out some real problems, such as they don't have a website, uh, which we know is important, mm-hmm. even though we just recently got rid of our website. Well, we don't have a website. <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking of that today. We, we have other ways to engage with our audience. Well, to be fair, if we were a for-profit uh, business, we would definitely have a website, but we are not. So we therefore, are, why pay for something? When we're we actually anti-profit. <laughs> we're very anti-profit. Why, why pay for something when we can do all the stuff for free mm-hmm. on Instagram? Like exactly. everything we need is there. So. Yes. Well, we but did Stevie, have websites. 
for our business. We had websites for our businesses. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's basically just to help people find you and get basic information about you. Yeah. But ultimately it leads to a in-person call or conversation or something. Nobody's going to know anything about Rose. Uh, They're not. And apparently there is a website as Stevie points out, but Alexa says I've looked into it and it just says, uh, we'll be right back with a construction a worker cartoon. Construction yes. Sign. So apparently uh, they haven't done much updating to that lately. Stevie claims that the phone booking system works just fine, but according to the comic cards, no, it doesn't. Someone also said that the woman's voice is aggressive and off-putting, which I was thinking Moira you first, can relate but to. it's actually Stevie. Because <laughs> she had strep. She did have strep and I sounded you, aggressive and off. You were last pretty week deep. Well. You were pretty baritone. I was. So Alexis has pointed out all these problems. And now she says, I'm here to offer you a gift. I'm going to give you a full PR and marketing strategy pro bono. At first I was like, is she going to do this all for free? But it's just the strategy that is pro bono, this presentation. Okay. Because if they are interested, then they can talk salary and all of that from there. So she isn't going to do this for free. She's just going to give them a consultation for free. Johnny, as you can see, his wheels are turning. It's like a proud dad. He wants to sort of he really encourage is so Alexis in this, in this. And he's not going to shoot her down. So he's like, well, you know, a publicist might be a great way to keep our momentum moving. We've made some small gains, but this could help yes. take us to another level. But Alexis quickly corrects him. She's got so many titles for herself in last week's episode. <laughs> and now again, she actually is going to be um, a freelance brand invigorator is the title she's giving herself. I um, do like that title. That's freelance a brand, brand invigorator, invigorator. I think is, is yes. It's, good. it's better than like a consultant. Some yes. job title in this mm-hmm. day and age. I think so. And she's created a simple, super easy multi-step plan. And this presentation is actually the first step of this plan. And she thinks they're doing a really great job. Um, and But now she's already promoted herself because now she's their new VP of marketing and communications. <laughs> so very quick uh, very, career trajectory. Um, hesitant in this. Stevie is very hesitant. So, yeah. Yes. Which we're not quite if sure we- of why yeah but we'll find out as we if get we're comparing stevie is me when we thought we should do a podcast and you are johnny <laughs> yes let's think, do it why not let's i think not i'm johnny and I'm, and I'm also alexis and i'm scenario. like uh okay because <laughs> i was the one like presenting all these notes i was giving you a pr yes. marketing strategy yep. pro bono stuff had, her, stuff had her 10 point trying to get you on board point. exactly um so she thinks they're off to a great start High fives Johnny, who again is like, okay, this is my daughter. I can see she's trying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna entertain mm-hmm. this. Yep. Stevie passes on the high five. I'll she pass. is still reluctant. Cut to um the next day, we've got a photo shoot happening out in front of the hotel. Um yet a, another talent of Ray Butani's. <laughs> we get to see Ray. We haven't seen him in a while. So many talents. So many talents. We kind of knew he was a photographer from when David dropped in for his business license yes. and that couple was We've doing never their... seen him. Oh, that was when the couple was there. Okay. Yeah. Um, but now I he's on site. He's out of his home office. He does location shooting. He does location shooting and um Alexis hired Ray to take some new promo pics, presumably for their website or social media. Johnny is acting a little more comfortable in front of the camera, although he is being kind of corny, whereas Stevie looks so awkward. Miserable, too. Rigid, uncomfortable. Yeah, this is not what she wants to be doing. Stevie is... Well, okay. 
I did want to be doing this, but Stevie is as awkward as we were trying to do those photos oh my God. in your kitchen that day. So <laughs> as we were preparing to launch this podcast last year, we were like, let's take some promo photos because that seems like a good use of we, our time. We shared them. Remember? Uh, we did share a couple, but most of them were awful in my tiny cramped <laughs> kitchen. And we just felt super awkward. And yeah, I can totally relate to Stevie in this Ooh. moment. It's super awkward. Probably worse for her because she's got Ray trying to direct yeah, her. Ray and, and Alexis. And none of this was her idea. We're uh-huh. stupid us. That was our idea. We have to take responsibility for that. <laughs> um, so at one point, they're like posing back to back, her and Johnny. And also Stevie is dressed as Stevie and Johnny is dressed as Johnny. So they're very like contrasting looks here. It's a little confusing. No type, no type of branding in the uniform. That's No, weird. not at all. And Alexis is not impressed with how this is going. She kind of keeps checking Ray's camera, camera and is like, I'm not liking what I'm seeing. Getting frustrated. We have to be on message. This is for the rips, the website rebranding. Ray tries to create a backstory. You guys are small town friends. <laughs> welcoming your guests to the humble motel. Johnny. Johnny's stoop- response to this kind of made sense to me, though. Should I be holding a key? Uh <laughs> I love the dynamic between Alexis and Ray because they are besties in this episode. They're so they're very in sync. They make like jokes at other people's expense to each other. And they're just on the same wavelength. And we saw that even when they were apartment hunting way back in, I think, season two or three. She was very enthusiastic, just eating up everything he had to say. She and Ray get along really well. Mm -hmm. Um and they're like, yeah, that would be super corny and cheesy and off brand. Like they just find Johnny's suggestions they, so they funny giggle to each other <laughs> at his expense. So then Ray gives him another suggestion. Well, look at the camera like it's your guest. But then Johnny starts talking to the camera, which is See, so that to me. Well, to me, it's that not a video, sense. Johnny. It's not a video, but like you could get some like. Like he was just trying to get the right like posture about him, I think. But yeah, but it's but to me, it's like, you know, when someone's taking a group picture and instead of say, say cheese, they say like, say macaroni. But then everyone's middle of saying, saying macaroni the wrong, and the wrong then part of the word. their mouth is all weird in the photo. I feel like that's probably what's going to happen. My favorite personally is the opposite where you're holding a video and people think you're taking a photo. <laughs> I have had that happen so many times. I'm like, okay, you don't need to look at me. Mm. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the photo shoot is not going well. Alexis is getting annoyed. She gets kind of pageant mom too. Like she's showing them how to model and giving them all these cues. Uh, she's like, smile, talk to the camera with your face. And Stevie, I love, she's like, what the fuck does that mean? She just says it like smile with your eyes, smile with your eyes. Can you smize Katie? Do you know what smizing is? Did you ever watch America's next top model? Mm -hmm. Tyra Banks. You think you're smizing right now? I have no idea. <laughs> I can't. I smize. guess fucking not. <laughs> it's so like you have TikTok. to be like all like a fan is blowing in your face. I think kind of helps because you got to be a little squinty. Uh, <laughs> There's this TikTok that goes around that is okay. Smile. Raise your eyebrows. Now let your smile down, but keep your eyes the way they are. <laughs> and that's your model face. So like smile, raise your eyebrows. <laughs> And take your smile down. And that's my model face. Everybody at home. It looks like a mug shot. Try that in front of the mirror. You look a little intense. Not going (laughs) to (laughs) lie. You do look like a deer in that mug. So smile. Smile. Raise your eyebrows. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, this is not a visual podcast. This no. is probably not gonna be funny for everybody. Anyone. Though this is your homework. Send us photos of you smizing. Send if you us your try model it. pose. Send us your model pose. I, I have heard a lot of the smize or smile with your eyes talk since COVID mm-hmm. though, because you can. Because people were wearing a mask. Someone is smiling, even if they're wearing a mask. I think people did have to learn to be a little bit more expressive with the top half of their face. Yeah, for sure. Um, (laughs) So, Evie needs a. uh, This is this is not going well. Johnny is also starting to become more awkward, and Alexis is getting fed up. Okay, Johnny, what are we doing with our hands? Johnny, (laughs) first of all, does not like being called by his first name from his daughter. Stevie wants this to be over. Alexis is like, something is not working here. And she and Ray have a quick sidebar and they decide they that Johnny just needs to, to step Johnny a few out. paces to the left until he's basically Which out of the frame. Is the wrong move. If anybody should represent Agreed. Johnny. Johnny, I think, is more gung-ho with this than Stevie. Got but his they tag on. He's in a suit. I think he's enthusiastic. Alexis is trying to create more of like a younger vibe and a fresher appeal. And so maybe she just associates her dad with Rose video or something. True, and true, true. Um, so they make him step out of frame, which he's not super happy about. And then Alexis gives Stevie. Stevie a little talk. She's like, we're going to, we're going to go another way. You're our hook, a simple country girl who doesn't care about big city what things she, or dressing she well. She's like, we could even rename the motel Stevie's place. And I love Stevie's dry answer. That sounds like a shadow, a shelter for battered men, which She's not wrong. So Alexis is like, okay, well, we could use your last name, the Bud Inn, which sounds like button, I think, if you say it too fast. The Bud Inn? Yeah. Or button. Or a pothouse to me. Like, oh, <laughs> maybe. But, no, I didn't know what they were like insinuating when Alexis. Button. When Alexis. Or maybe said, like, okay, we're obviously not doing that. If like a couple is dancing and someone says, can I butt in? Like, butt they want to. True. Maybe. True. So yeah, those aren't great options. Johnny's like, uh, is this a team meeting? Because I'm part of the team. Like, can mm-hmm. I come back over there? <laughs> and she's like, we're just going to do a solo shoot with Stevie. Ray has to chime in. Don't worry, Mr. Rose. It's just because you were awkward. You didn't have to do with your hands or your face made it look like you blah, were blah, tasting blah, 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 something blah. sour. Or maybe he's listing all these reasons Johnny was doing yeah, that. And it, Johnny Ray. just cuts him off. Yeah. Um, Stevie, super awkward and uncomfortable. And yeah, I've been there. It can be awkward. Um, Alexis tries to coach her. Stevie is just overwhelmed, has to leave, take a breather, and she just goes back inside. Um, Next, we see Alexis goes in after her. It's been a few minutes. Actually, it's been about a hot 20. It was supposed to be a hot 10. We're now at a hot 20. Stevie and the budget for that. Ray Ray must be on the clock. He must be. Stevie in one of the most relatable moments is just having an existential crisis laying down on the couch in the lobby in the fetal position katie i can't tell you how many times i've just like needed to do that and just i just need to lay down and just uh, try to label moment for stevie crawl out from underneath my anxiety um and that's what she's trying to do so alexis comes in no pressure but like what's going on here um (laughs) Tries to give her a pep talk, which is not very helpful. She's like, I, I get it. You're probably thinking, is my foundation off by a shade? Or am I wearing the wrong tape top? And the answer might be yes. <laughs> um, and then Johnny comes in trying to figure out what's going on. Apparently, he and Ray have been trying to few more, take a few more shots in the meantime. And some of them are actually kind of good. And maybe a little Photoshop, they'll actually be usable. Uh, Stevie is still in the fetal position and Johnny is like, what's going on? And Alexis says, well, she's got cold feet. Johnny isn't super sympathetic though. He's like, well, if you want to grow the business, 
you know, you have to play the game. But right. Stevie is like, well, I'm not sure I want to play this game. Alexis is suddenly bothered. She's like, this would have been great to know before I signed on as your, your, your VP and CEO of in-house publicity is her new title today. Um, turns out Stevie is worried though. Katie, she is I'm worried. So that if this hotel business gets too big, if they make too many improvements and make too much money, it's just going to allow Moira and Johnny and everyone to pack up and get out of here and leave mm-hmm. Stevie with all these responsibilities that she didn't really she want didn't in the first place. Yeah. So she really makes a big admission that explains why she's been so uneasy about this stuff is because she feels like. And it's a very valid point. It's a very valid point. She feels like things are moving out of control. And and Johnny has been a bit heavy handed since he joined up. Like, oh, for sure. He's making a lot of executive decisions. Sometimes he's acting it's like, like manager. Uh, like, how did that happen? Your so name quickly? isn't on the title or the deed or whatever. Right. Like this is still technically Stevie's hotel partner. Um, but he can be a little heavy handed and Stevie kind of reminds him like at the end of the day, this place is my responsibility. And if you leave me high and dry, what the hell am I going to do? Right. But Johnny is, is kind of taken aback by this. He didn't see that coming. And Stevie mentions, well, when your wife mentions every other day that she can't wait to leave this place, how am I supposed to feel? Right. And Johnny very sweetly tries to assure her, like, we are partners. We make decisions together and no one's going to leave you behind. And I love I love the way he says that to her very sweetly and mm-hmm. endearing. Um, and Stevie smartly, I think, says, well, can I get that in writing? I, I'm glad she said that. And, and I remember watching it the first time around and thinking, well, then sign a contract or something mm-hmm. because... I, I too like felt everything what she was hearing. up until this point has been kind of hearsay. Like, I don't think they've put anything right. official in place. I, yeah, absolutely. So smart on her. She's she is a smart business woman. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, if you're going to be my partner, let's make it official and not make right. me feel like I'm you're an unofficial partner. Like I need it to be documented that we're in this together. And Johnny is a little surprised thinking that she asked that, but then realizes like, yeah, I can do that. That's actually probably the least right. I could do if that's going to make you feel secure in this business relationship. And that does make Stevie feel a little bit better. You can see a little relief I almost feel settle too, in. Like Johnny had almost like a proud look that he even that she even asked. Like because he it's had, like, had this she's... mark on his face. Like, wow, I'm impressed by mm-hmm. you. Business, me. business yeah. uh, mentality. Alexis, though, is like, this is cute. And she love runs to get Ray. Johnny's looking half normal and then makes a cute little pose. Like, look at you guys. Like, this also isn't going to be good for this isn't going to be good for their website. You don't want to photograph this moment and put like, <laughs> that's not going to be it. Yeah. But I don't know. So anyways, we we sort of realized a big anxiety that Stevie has been suppressing mm-hmm. or not sharing. And it all kind of boiled to the surface. But now we have a commitment from Johnny that, hey, I want to be your partner. I'm serious about this. This isn't just something to do in the interim until we can get out of here. Um, so I think that's really good that yeah. Stevie knows that now. And Johnny was able to to tell her very earnestly. So that sort of ends that storyline for now. We're going to end the night with David and Patrick over at the Apothecary. Um, this is where we get the title of the episode, Open Mic also the title of 
our episode, which we'll get to in a second. But we started the apothecary. It is a ghost town, unfortunately. They have been open only a few months and it's now very quiet and dead. It's been hours, I think three hours, Patrick says, without a customer. Um, And David is trying to... Schitt's Creek is really that busy anyway to carry a business, that boutique. I mean, I would say if it had been three days, maybe they have something to worry about. But three hours, like yeah. maybe Patrick is, uh, he's the more business-minded one of the yeah. two, of course, because David is like, well, maybe it's because I think there was a storm warning. <laughs> but Patrick is like, well, what about yesterday? Uh, well, maybe, maybe the storm warning is for yesterday. <laughs> or maybe we forgot to unlock the door. He's just trying to make excuses. And Patrick, being the business-minded person, again, is like, we need to draw people in. We had a great soft launch opening, but we need to keep pulling people in or we're going to fizzle. We need to engage with the community. We need to be more inclusive and accessible. I did notice as they're talking, they're kind of over by the cash register desk. I wanted to talk about this last time we saw the store a few weeks ago, but there is kind of where the mints have been moved. There's a cup with all these twigs in it. I and saw that a few it's weeks ago. The <laughs> pencils, the one that Ted bought, <laughs> the okay. the stick pencils, which are supposedly very expensive. Maybe that's why I they keep them by the cash that register. A few weeks ago, also, and I was going to mention it, but we didn't. I whatever we just and they're not just. For, if you guys have forgotten, it's not just like a stick, like a straight stick. It has it's like several. branches. It's like <laughs> so a branch. Be, you'd have to like wrap your hand around it. Very <laughs> to careful use it. to not poke yourself in the eye with that. Exactly. So Patrick sort of mentions the reason the cafe, because the cafe is just right across the street. The reason they do so well, because they're always quite busy, is because it feels homey inside and comfortable. People feel welcome. And David gets suddenly very defensive. Are you saying I don't make people feel at home? I don't think that's why. I think it's because it's literally the only place to eat in town and people need to eat. Yeah. People need to eat more than they need to shop for hand creams. Right. Exactly. So. Cafe is more of a necessity, but also I think once you have people in there, that the presence of people makes it feel warmer. Right now it just feels very cold. cold. Yes, in the um in the store. So they need to True. change something about that okay. somehow. Well, do you remember in the beginning when David was pitching his idea to Patrick and he said it's a branded immersive experience? And he also said it's a place where people can come have coffee and mingle. None of that uh, part of the business idea is coming to fruition. I think they can like buy coffee, but then go make it at home. (laughs) When he said that, I thought like he would have coffee. No, you're right. Like I think his his vision in the beginning is more like what Patrick is suggesting, which is we need to bring people in. We need to have another event. And he suggests an open mic night, which David is not thrilled about. Uh, he said, um, I'm open to suggestions. And when he said that, I am open to suggestions, but let's not that hear one, more basically. suggestions. <laughs> um, Patrick, though, is like, he thinks this is a great idea. And he has experience because in the small town he grew up in when he was in high school, he wherever used to host a, wherever that is. He used to host an open mic night. And he's like, we had pretty good turnouts. Um, David very turned off by this. He's like, you and your amateur singer songwriter friends. It's like, okay, guy. But also like, I would be just as judgy based on that description that so Patrick too. gave. He's like, so you, what you would just gather and perform poetry and songs like, Oh, that sounds terrible. And Patrick is like, yeah. And occasionally we'd have an improv troupe stop by. 
Uh, and David is like, that I'm feeling kind David of ill. Him. He's like tugging at his he, collar. I thought he had like one of those tasting metal moments again. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Katie, have you ever been to an open mic night or would you enjoy going to an open mic night? Um, I cannot recall having ever gone to an open mic night. I it's debatable whether I, I would enjoy it. I would never perform at one. I don't have any kind of talent mm. that would allow me to perform at one. Um, the The problem I have with an open night night is much the same as probably what David's problem is, is that you, it, you got to mask your opinion no matter what. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like these people have the confidence to get up there and no ma- matter how bad they suck, yeah. you can't let them know. You know what For I mean? For sure. Um, I have been to a comedy club that was kind of like open mic. I have a cousin who he did stand up in Grand Rapids. He actually was a finalist for the, what is it? The funniest person contest comedy festival every year. Um, And he would perform pretty regularly at this club. It was a bar on the West side where it was like a very casual thing where comics could drop in and kind of test out new material or sort of hone Uh their act. So I actually went on a second date. Uh, this was in my early online dating. Show? Yeah, or just at well, that place. It was at that place. My cousin, he was. I think he was actually the like the MC, like Patrick was. Um, but I went on a date and we went there, and it was super awkward because uh, first of all, like if it's your second date, and then it's also awkward community comedians who are still like yeah. trying to. It's hard. That's a craft. tough. Yeah, that's it's hard. I couldn't do it, but also if, like some of them couldn't either. <laughs> if, so if, like, if jokes drop in a comedy show, it is so bad. Yeah, and I could never. I mean, it. like I'm, kudos to them for doing it in the first place. Because yeah, I couldn't. And ever. with comedy, you have to be so. It has to seem natural, but it's actually so rehearsed, right, so nuanced right. in practice. I stutter so much, as you guys all know, that I would be terrible. And it's like <laughs> or or say um and lo- say, like, um, like, or, like 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 I say or like, like all the time. I'm slip up on my words. So yeah, it's not for me. And even being in the audience, it's not necessarily it's not for, for you me either. <laughs> it's like because I get very yes, crickets, <laughs> crickets galore. Because I get very uncomfortable when people are performing and they're either bombing or like I never liked. The part it's of American like, Idol where the people who were bad at singing were it's sort where of it's like they exploited secondhand embarrassment. Exactly. Like Lots of too much. embarrassment. Yes. And I think that's how David is feeling. That's why he's getting hot yes. flashes. Yes, like, absolutely. Oh, I don't know. But Patrick, confident, confident Patrick. He's very like, confident about this. You might be surprised. It can be fun. And you know what? Worst case scenario, we get people in the store. We get business sort of back up and moving. And David's like, No. Worst case scenario, I watch improv, which is the title of our episode this week. I agree so with David. He's he's not excited improv about the is, of improv. Improv is not my favorite thing. I do not like when it's improv that requires audience participation. I'm like, I pay to sit here and be silent not and maybe I'll laugh, but do not make me work. I am not That's, here to work. To me, it's like too forced when it's improv. Yeah. Do you remember Michael Scott's improv? on the office and yeah. he would always just default to I have a gun bring out a gun so he <laughs> could take over this any scene yeah um I can't really ima- we don't get to see the full lineup of acts in this uh episode but I wonder if anyone did show up to do any I improv. know I'm wondering um 
so box poetry <laughs> you never know uh so as a little bit of time has passed patrick comes back in he has got a permit he is rolling with this and i think david kind of thought like we we were just talking ideas i didn't think you were serious apparently while he was it's gone happening. though one customer did come in but they were only there to ask directions they didn't actually buy anything um and patrick's like hey i got a permit i talked to ronnie it's tomorrow night we can get around a liquor license if we charge people at the door to come in quick turnaround on this very quick he knows how to hustle when it's time to get but stuff done my biggest fear would be like you're trying to drum up excitement for this maybe give it a few days of publicity well yeah i, I think one is enough i think it seems like patrick is a little desperate and anxious to get people back in the store mm-hmm. like this quiet lull i mean he's he has taken this on as his full-time job true. just like true Pat or david so i think he's seeing the empty store as a bad sign that needs to be remedied as soon as possible <laughs> and david is even like wow you're such a go-getter i i i didn't I thought we were just talking ideas. It was just hypothetical. Um, but Patrick insists that people are getting excited about it. I'm like, what people have you told? But apparently Bob was there when he went to talk to Ronnie. And Bob does do beat poetry, Katie, uh, in his <laughs> spare time. Maybe that's he spends late nights at the garage when Gwen is out with her um, male friends. Yeah, and male he cousins. Just, he just practices his beat poetry. Yeah. Uh, this next bit kind of threw me and still throws me a little bit because... Patrick goes sort of in the back where they keep the plungers uh, and he grabs a guitar. <laughs> like, why was that there? Do you just like he was planning? I mean, he was planning. He was planning, I guess. Idea, but how long so. has that been back there? And David yeah. is like, oh, my God, what is that? And Patrick very dryly. This is called an acoustic guitar. <laughs> I love this whole like series of lines yeah. from Patrick in the suit. Katie, you were in choir, weren't you, when you were in school? Or uh, I didn't. I didn't participate in choir per se. I was in the musicals. Okay. Um, Any other musical-minded mm, people in your family play instruments or things? Uh, Doesn't well, Joe have a guitar? Played, Joe does have an acoustic guitar. He plays every now and then. Um, he goes through like spurts where he'll play mm-hmm. it and practice. But my mom played the organ and piano Ooh. a lot. She played for church for years. I guess I was in church choir because my mom made me do it. Yeah. Um, she tried to impart some of that piano learning on me, but I never, I can't read music. So I never picked it up. Ooh. I do have her keyboard still and I can play some things by ear, but no, I'm not super musically inclined other okay. than singing here and there. Okay. You have um, a harp. I have, I have a lot of instruments. <laughs> I play the piano. That's and a harmonica or not a harmonica. I have an accordion. accordion. <laughs> I have a lot of instruments that I've acquired. I don't know how to play all of them well or at all. Um, piano is what I play the best. I took lessons as a kid and played like through I high school. Um, I don't like playing for others though. Like I would never want to perform. Like I do it because I enjoy it. A but recital. if people are listening to me, I'm like, no, this is, this is my thing. I have started teaching Sushant how to play the piano. Um, he's not the best student because he keeps flirting with his teacher and getting distracted. Oh. So we haven't gotten very far into his lessons, but he wants to learn how to play. I do have an accordion that I got from my grandma, which she used to play. Um, she was, uh, this is a fun, I think, progressive bit of family history. My grandma used to be in a quote unquote band. This would have been back in like the 50s. 
Okay. It was just a group of friends who would get together, but it was her, a couple people, two women who were lesbians um, in the fifties. Back in I, the fifties, and uh, they all had like a small little musical gathering, and they would they would play music together. Um, Is your grandma and, on your dad's side? On my dad's side, yeah. Okay. Um, so she gave me her accordion, which is like super old. I, I knew you had home. gotten that from your grandma, but I didn't know that story. I have an accordion. I also have a harp, which I don't know how to play, but aesthetically, it's kind of nice to look at. And it's sometimes very aesthetically pleasing. We'll, like if someone's going down the stairs, we'll do like like <laughs> like sound Brady effects. Bunch zip com- sitcom sound, sound effects. effects. Uh, I also have a ukulele, which I don't, again, really know how to play. So I've got some instruments, um, but piano is definitely the one I play the most. So fun fact. So Kelly, another shout out to my friend Kelly in Spain. She and I took a piano class at Grand Valley just for fun. Like we just needed an extra credit or something. And when we were there, when we were there in Spain visiting her and she's like, do you remember? Like, are you able to play? I'm like, heck no. Like I can play by ear. But her husband Alvaro is currently taking piano lessons as an adult and learning how to play piano. And we we made him do like a little impromptu recital for us. And I think he played like Yankee Doodle or something. Oh, that's <laughs> like the most American song you can find. <laughs> I mean, I would love to be able to play piano. I just I can't read music. I've tried so many times. Ooh, it's too much. It is hard. I think so. it's easy to learn when you're young. Just as with all languages, yeah, it's harder yeah. when you're older. Yeah. Um. So yeah, David is becoming more and more put off by this. He's like, I thought you would just be hosting. Now you're going to be performing. And Patrick says, Yeah, even the host needs to perform a bit. And David just trying to wrap his head around this. So you're going to be playing an acoustic guitar in front of people in public and singing a song. (laughs) And Patrick is like, yeah, you know, I was thinking about an original, but maybe I should stick with a classic. Really, the question is, um, should I what is oh no that's a little bit later he's like should i wear my fringe vest and more importantly do i wear anything under it my and i'm like favorite. that is an image that is an <laughs> and image point, and it is so button pushing for david i that's that's why that he's line. saying it because he yes, sees how uncomfortable I david is freaking loved it um i really feel like david is getting so apprehensive he even says like you know, it's not scary or embarrassing for the person you're dating to sing at you, sing at you. I love how he says that with an acoustic guitar in front of people. Like he's super uncomfortable. And I feel like they're setting us up to expect a train wreck. Like think yeah. about um, that episode in season one where Alexis is cringing at Twyla writing a song for Mutt. And she's oh, like, yes. actually, I hate music <laughs> trying to like not have this happen yeah. and even talks Twyla out of it. And I think they're trying to get us to feel like, oh my gosh, this is that going to happen. This is that. Um, Patrick, though, is still very confident, assures him it'll be fine. It's a way to get people in the door. It's just for fun. David's trying to be cool. He's like, I can be only 80% behind you, 87%. I think he says, mm-hmm. you know, if you're okay putting our relationship at risk, then okay, let's let's do it. Let's do it. And that's when Patrick, I think, mentions the fringe vest. And yes, should he wear yes. anything under it? And I'm like, honestly, Patrick, I would say just I'll take the fringe vest. Nothing. I'll take under the it. I'll take the fringe vest. Nothing under it if I have a vote in this. Um, and then he like strums very out of tune as he walks Did-a-do. away. <laughs> and again, <laughs> I feel like fun. they're setting us up to expect something to go wrong. Yeah. And I remember the first time I watched this, I got super nervous because. We're very much in a honeymoon phase with Patrick and David. Mm -hmm. And this happens on shows where they will introduce a character's love interest 
who you can get really attached to as an audience member, but they're just a temporary character. And then something happens and there's a sudden falling out and it's over. That happens in a lot of shows where the person seems super charming at first. And then like it happens a lot on Friends. There's always these rotating love mm-hmm. interests that come and go. Yep. I remember when I first saw this, I was like, oh, no, we're going to lose Patrick. This is it. This is yep. where we're going to lose him. They're going to make it weird and awkward. And this relationship is going to end. And I was even like a little anxious watching it the first time because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Even looking in the Best Wishes book. They talk about this episode quite extensively. There's actually three pages dedicated to mm-hmm. it. And they say that they're sort of setting up this expectation for the audience, thinking it will be terrible, but it turns out not to be the case, as we will see. Um, so there is a lot of anxiety from the side of David, but I think as an audience member too, like you want this to go well. You don't want this to be the mm-hmm. thing that sort of fractures the relationship, if that could potentially happen. Um, cut to that evening. Uh, it's open mic night t- time. Uh, and we see Ronnie is there in the front row with Twyla. Ronnie has all of her drink tickets in hand. <laughs> Two handfuls. Two handfuls. <laughs> there's a bunch of other rando townies we haven't seen scattered about. I would say there's maybe like a dozen or more people. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's an intimate small space, but there's people there for sure. They have chairs set up and the mic sort of towards the wall with all the stained glass penises. <laughs> um, David is wearing, I love what he's wearing. He's got this black and orange sweater that looks like molten lava. Like his blood is boiling. No, he's just it's so no, it's no accident. It's so That's like, sure. he's just, he can't, he can't handle this. This is too much. Um, he's leaning up against the cash register. looks very anxious Patrick is still very confident and comfortable. He's glad to see all the people here. Dave is like, you know what? We got the people in the door. Like, I think we're good. Maybe we don't need to do this. They're already here. They're shopping. They're eating and drinking. It's fine. And Patrick is like, nope, we got to do it. And he, without any more time for David to talk him out of it, jumps up to the microphone to get the night started. Clearly, he's very comfortable in this role. Mm -hmm. Has natural charisma. A very big contrast to David, who in no universe could could do that. Although we did Wants see him help in his the center of the public eye. I say that, but then I'm like, well, he helped I, his he mom out a couple weeks ago. Best. Yeah, but he did that out of love for his mother, right? Um, as embarrassing as that was for him, and Patrick just has this natural charisma. He hopes this will be the first of many open mic nights. David looks <laughs> like he's face. he's oh, like really? screaming internally. He's <laughs> like, uh, that will not be happening. Are you kidding me? I can't wait for this to be over. And he's gonna get Patrick is gonna get the party started. He's gonna he grabs his guitar. Moira yeah. is there. She pops in. She's like, Oh dear, you're so brave to let your beau indulge himself like this. <laughs> and Pat, I love uh David's answer. This was not my idea. Like he does not want to take any responsibility for this. Um, and what happens next, Katie? I could like cry thinking about it. <laughs> I, I okay. Spoiler alert: it goes really well. <laughs> it really. All does. of our doubts are completely shattered. I literally have watched this clip and also just listening this to this whole song. episode for me. So many times because you guys, I love the cover. Patrick is amazing. Here's what happens for those of you who haven't seen, which is nobody, because of course you've all seen, because why wouldn't you watch before you listen to this episode? But Patrick dedicates the song, first of all, to a very special someone 
And I think to a very uncomfortable David, a very uncomfortable David. And I think when he says that David's hoping he will just leave it at that. But no, he calls them out by name. He's like, there, there he is. is right there. <laughs> Can't miss him. Can't miss him, Katie. I just. We already know that they finally called each other their boyfriends mm-hmm. when David let it slip accidentally. But in this moment, this is such a public display like Patrick, of affection. PDA yes. with music. Patrick is oh declaring. My he declaring. is making a declaration, which shows mm-hmm. you how confident he is in this relationship. And Moira offers to pull the fire alarm and David is if, like, yes, if we please. need to, if needed, if need he's like, yes, yes, please. Because David Turns is just, we don't need to riddled with anxiety until the moment that, in my opinion, changes the show forever. Patrick starts singing and he's singing Katie. Simply the best. Simply the best. So good. And it's simply the best. It really and is. everybody is moved. Twyla is moved. Ronnie is moved. Moira is Moira. in tears. Moira oh slash Catherine O'Hara Moira really is in makes tears. This scene to me. Like she, she, her reaction makes this scene to me. You know, I love it when Moira's being a mom and she is so she is freaking happy shocked. for David. She's she has shocked. to like touch his arm at one point. Like, are you seeing uh, this? Yes. Like, and and Catherine O'Hara has talked at length about this. She's like, yes, Moira's crying, but more than that, I am crying. And there's a couple of takes where like, or angles really, where you can see Moira in the foreground, but she's blurry and you can just see She's Catherine wiping her eyes. She's wiping her eyes. So um, did, I don't know if this was in the book or something yeah. I read. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sure you've read this too, wherever it was. That Noah Reed, he he arranged all of this because he is a he very did. talented musician. Yes, so you've seen him perform. Yes, did all of the practicing on his own. And it was Catherine O'Hara that said, no, we're going to shoot audience reaction first for the very first time you perform it because that's going to be the most authentic mm-hmm. reaction. Yeah. So when you see this, these cuts, it's like Twyla, um, Sarah Levy, Karen Robinson, Ronnie. They're all, even Dan Levy and Moira, they're all reacting for the first time mm-hmm. because that's the take they use for reaction shots. And it makes sense when you think about it. Yeah. I also read, and this is outlined in the book a little bit too, um, and there's like a feature, a feature on YouTube where they talk about this episode specifically. But Dan came to the table read or, or prepping for the episode and, and told Noah, um, hey, we're going to have Patrick sing this song and he's going to do it on the guitar and apparently guitar isn't like his instrument of choice this is so noah had a little bit of anxiety there but he was told that it was going to be simply the best which is a song by tina turner and it's a song that's very important to dan levy and was basically like hey don't fuck it up. This song means a lot to me. Yes, I read that too. And so Noah Reed was taking his own sort of creative license and styling to this rendition. And he sent um, the arrangement he put together. He sent it to Dan and like, it was crickets. He didn't hear anything right away and was like, okay, well, I guess I'm fired. Like, I guess this is terrible. Did he like it? Oh my God. Turns out Dan said he didn't respond because he was just listening to it and crying alone in a room as he was listening to it because he was like, it was perfect. So um, funny story in relation to that. So when we saw Noah Reed in concert, he did all of his own original music and of course hadn't played this song at all. And then he left the stage like as if he were done mm-hmm. and you knew he was going to come back for an encore because yeah. he hadn't played this song yet for one thing. So when he comes back out, I think he played this and something else. 
uh, one of his other originals. And he gave a little story about this song, how Dan Levy was adamant it's going to be on the guitar. And I was like, well, I think I'm really strong on piano. I think it's, I think it'd be really pretty on a piano. And Dan was like, no, it's got to be the guitar. I want it to be the guitar. And they kind of went a little back and forth, but inevitably it's Dan's show. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be on the guitar. And Noah Reed said, well, you know what? This is my show. So he did his that night on the piano and it was so beautiful. I think I have um, on my phone a video of it. So we can share it on the Instagram this week, his piano rendition of Simply the Best. But yeah, I've listened to that. It's so good. So many Such times on cover. YouTube in the past yep. month. I think I told you like without it's on, exaggeration. It's on Apple Music. Like, close you can just to 50 re- times. To it as a song. I like the video component too. But yeah, just the music okay. on its own is just so, it's so perfect. And the whole scene. You know, it's a love song. It's a declaration mm-hmm. to David. And David gets that right away. First of all, his voice he is real- beautiful. Yeah. For being so like dumb and strong drumming away on the guitar stupidly earlier he earlier, really pulled yes. the wool over all he of our, our eyes because out of the park. he is <clears throat> he is magical is the only word i can think of and mm-hmm. everybody sees that and i think i'm trying to verbalize why this means so much to me and means so much to other people i think it means different things to different people to me to the the realization by david like holy shit this guy really this man really this is a serious relationship it's not only is he my boyfriend now Mm -hmm. but this is this is for real this is the realization it's so well acted by everybody by moira by david by patrick and i think there's something about like singing with such sincerity and i think the fact that it is a to him an adaptation that is so unique that it feels Mm -hmm. original even though it's rooted in a song that already exists um that it's 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 a declaration of love in a very public space in a very confident way by a, a talented oh. artist and again think about you know we've talked about how this town is meant to exist as a place without judgment um it's a safe space if we want to call it a safe space but i think the fact that you know patrick came out of the closet at the end of season 3 um when they had their first kiss right. And now we're what only halfway into season six four. Episodes in, yeah. He's professing his love through song to David in front of everybody at the store, including his fa- including David's family as well. And I think that's just such a beautiful thing. It also makes me think, as you know, womp womp, someone who's in love. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I think anybody who's been in a meaningful relationship can think about what that moment was for them when they felt like that level of connection or Mm -hmm. that sort of visibility of professing feelings or love or whatever the feeling might be. But, but, you know, I think even before I was in a relationship, this, this moment was super important to me. And I think now being in a long-term relationship, I I feel even more strongly about it as I'm sure many people do. The other thing too, just about the relationship in general, and I think you can relate to this dramatically, is that as soon as David started 
you know, some, so many people are out there looking for love and just thinking that's going to solve their problems or that's mm-hmm. what they need in their life. But as soon as David started putting down his roots and finding what he really needed in life, like a career and a purpose and more time with his family, then the love found him. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So oh my God, I Katie, think that's another way like, I think that. you yeah. can dramatically relate to that. I, I honey pee can relate to that feeling yes. um, in terms of a serious relationship compared to normal standards. People might call me a late bloomer. I was in my early 30s when I started like finding my person, but I had to do a lot of other things first. And I talked mm-hmm. about that, you know, back in season one, as far as why I related to David right. a lot um, and even just the show. So, yeah, I like when things fall into place, sometimes it happens fast and it's it's. Mm-hmm it feels right for everybody. And I think the fact that they can be so visible to others about their relationship and how they feel is such a beautiful thing. Aside from the fact that Noah Reed is insanely talented. And I think that is the moment where it's like jokes on you audience. You thought he was going to bomb. You thought this was going to be super Mm -hmm. awkward and dumb jokes on you. You're all crying. You're welcome. His music's music's really good, by the way, if you want to go seek him out, he's on iTunes and all that jazz. He's got a lot of good music for sure. Um, so it's just such a, it's just such a beautiful moment. One thing you didn't get to yet was Moira and Moira. Yes. So let's, let me get back to my notes because I've just been gushing. Um, (laughs) so in the middle of his serenade to David, the shits come in and they tell Moira the news. They call the doctor and they are having a boy. Well, I believe I told you that. (laughs) I believe I told you that. And Moira like doesn't want to be interrupted because she's so enthralled with this performance that she was so she had her finger on the fire alarm before this started. Now she's just enchanted. And she's like, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say so many people get in the Facebook groups and chats about this, get so mad at the shits for this moment. Like they interrupted it. Yeah. Like they ruined the moment. But to me, I kind it makes me kind of like the moment more. First of all, it sets Moyer up for that perfect line about butter voice bow. Bo butter voice bow, yes. But in in addition to me, it just like shows like how excited Jocelyn and Roland were to tell Moira. Like and they chose a very special best, moment. Yeah, yeah, she's one of their very best friends now. And mm-hmm. yes, they chose a really like what's the word I'm looking for? Pivotal. A really special, yeah, yeah, a really special moment to just like let her know they wanted to tell her first you know yeah I think it was already special I don't think they took anything away from it and you know Moira has that moment to like celebrate but then she turns her attention back because she's just Mm -hmm. she's so enchanted by what she's seeing not only is Patrick super talented but he's he's singing a love song to her son and, and she, she sees knows. that she sees and that, she gets yes. to witness that. And I think that's so Without special. Yeah. I guess it's worth noting um, Alexis and Johnny and Stevie aren't here for this moment. Right. And I think that's okay because I think, you know, think about how special the relationship between Moira and David is. Mm-hmm. We know they've always yeah. been very close. They're besties. And I could see, you know, we had that moment during asbestos fest where they were all there during that silly performance. Like I think, I think Alexis would have distracted. I think Johnny would have distracted. Mm-hmm. I yep, think it's appropriate that it was something between Moira yep. and David that they got to watch together. And I think that's I fine. Agree. You said too about David's shirt. Um, so you 
interpreted it at the beginning of the scene where he was just like stressed out and his blood was boiling. Blood was boiling. But yeah. it's not completely lost on most people will say, well, this is the first time we've seen him wear any touch of color for, in general. He's usually yes. black and white. Mm-hmm. It's flames. Like literally his heart is on fire. Burn in love. Yeah. Like, burn in I love. I think so, maybe you're right. There's a transformation. That loss that the lyrics are literally heart on fire and David is you're simply Just the best. Now realizing this love mm-hmm. or whatever. So. Yes. Katie, has Joe ever grabbed his guitar and serenaded? God, him? no. He's <laughs> uh, he Joe, late. I mean, he he likes to play and toil on the guitar, but he's not super um mm. uh I wouldn't say super musical about it. He's constantly just playing with chords and messing around. Okay. And, learning riffs and whatever so well, maybe I one day he he'll actually, surprise you and i don't think he actually knows a complete song <laughs> it's about feeling the music in the moment yeah, right I so. <laughs> um so. so yeah we end with her uh moira's comment about the butter voice bow mm-hmm. and he ends the song and just such a beautiful smile on patrick's face david's face everybody is so moved in this space mm-hmm. and it was a success I did see in the book that there were some additional scenes that were cut from Open Mic Night, including Twyla did have a improv group that she was in. I wish we could see those scenes one day. Maybe I guess I haven't looked into like if you have the DVD. Yeah, if you can see the deleted scenes. That's true. I wonder. But um, maybe I think it's appropriate that they didn't pivot focus away from the the performance that really counted. So yeah, that ends our our journey with Open Mic Night. It was a surprising success. We were all proved wrong as far as our doubts that we may have carried about how it would play out. Um, we're going to end with the final scene, which is just a quick but very important scene. It's a few days later, assuming, um, or maybe even a week. We don't know. But Alexis has pulled the whole family, including Stevie, out front of the motel because she has a surprise. Uh, Stevie's the only one blindfolded. I think that's important to point out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Moira is in this suit, which is very excellent. It has all these birds on it and a very youthful wig. And we follow shit fashion on Instagram. Yeah. If you don't fashion, uh, if you don't follow them, you should. They um, are very due diligent about researching where this stuff is from and where all the fashion is from. It's a lot of Moira and Alexis, sometimes David too. But I remember when they made a post about this outfit Moira is wearing. Apparently, it's a a suit pant suit set from Zara and oh. it's very again we see birds everywhere in the show and here we see birds again it's very unique and very Moira but people were a little bothered in the comments I remember reading that it was like Moira would never wear Zara and it's like you know what again who like cares? who cares and also maybe she just bought it because they have no money so like <laughs> lay off for a second people take I think she looks great so literal about exactly um so yeah it's a very cute look for moira but anyways they pulled everyone out including steve lee stevie Prime. god i am slurring my ass You're off fine. i <laughs> <laughs> oh vino little bit have that slurry much. tonight you guys um it's just because i'm drunk in love on this episode what can drunk I in love um so the surprise is they finally let stevie take off her blindfold is that the motel has been rebranded and renamed as our Rose sponsor Bud. rosebud motel <laughs> This is so cute to me. It's so cute. They have a new sign above the original motel sign, which is still there, but it has, 
you can see the rosebud is fresh and new. Mm-hmm. The motel is a little bit, you know, worn, but it's it's such a big move because we can now assume Johnny put something not only in writing, but now it's out there. It's public. It's on the building for the world to see. We are partners in this. Moira doesn't understand the relevance. Well, Bud makes it sound like a sad, stunted thing. She didn't realize that that was Stevie's Uh, last name. name. Uh, Well, Well, that's nice. Well, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Steve's like, well, my name does have two D's, but another another trivia question. That would just be insane. Oh, that it's two D's. How do you spell Stevie's last name? Yep. Yeah. That one I knew, of course. Alexis thinks, well, Rosebud with two D's would have just been insane. Silly. Um, Moira is ready to go in and have breakfast. She's like, this was fun. This was cute. It looks great. She approves. Uh, So they all head in, but Stevie kind of lingers looking up fondly at the sign. We hear Alexis say that she got 77% on her exam. Not a very good grade. David is like, have you ever gotten an A on anything? And David even kind of turns back and sees Stevie really I admiring love, the sign. I love and the he, look David gives Stevie in this scene. If there was any question leading up to this, I think now we have confirmation. Stevie is David's partner. Stevie mm, is partner. Johnny's partner. But she is now part of this family in a lot yeah. of ways. Well, and I was going to say that, too, with just the five of them standing there looking at the motel. Mm-hmm. This is like to me, the establishing shot that Stevie is an adopted in sibling and, and she is. Now. And she's kind of the last one we see as the episode fades out, too. Yeah. And I think, Katie, for you and I, this holds a lot of importance because our logo for Shitlist is directly inspired from yes, the sign the with Rose the addition of Rosebud Motel. So, yes, everybody, it's official moving forward. It will henceforth and forever be named the Rosebud Motel. It's no longer Schitt's Creek Motel. Yeah. Um, so very exciting. Very These coasters important. I have that say Schitt's Creek Motel are obsolete. Those are vintage. <laughs> vintage. You can't get those get, anymore. <laughs> probably get a million dollars for these. Follow us on tweeters. One thing we should look out for, because we know there is the sign down at the street. I guess we should pay attention if that gets updated. Because oh, yeah, up until now, it's always said Schitt's Creek Motel. And I wonder yeah. if they'll update that one as well. Yeah. So that is our final scene. As you guys can obviously tell, I'm a big fan of this episode. There's a lot of... Same. Great surprises are a lot of touching emotional moments and also just the laughs as always that keep us back, uh, you know, coming back each week. And Katie, I don't think it's any surprise. We're only like halfway through the season, <laughs> but this is, of course, my Simply the Best of Season 4. Yes. Yay. And honestly, like, I think one of the most important moments of so the whole many show. important moments. When of I was doing my rewatch series. tonight, I was like, God damn it, Stephanie. <laughs> Honestly, when Patrick I, sings to David, I get chills every time. Joe every time. was asking me, well, do you have yours picked out? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, is it good? I'm like, it's good. It's got a fighting chance. But damn, this episode is good. This is so. also one of the greats. So this this is one of the best in the whole series. I got one say. of the best in the whole series. I agree. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm so happy to announce that. This well, is congrats. Simply the Thank best. You. Debuting um, first in season four. Debuting first. Yep. Yeah, but real, a real solid, it's uh, a solid choice. A solid, so solid choice. And I think big for everybody. David, I think Alexis, everyone gets Johnny something different out of this. Uh, episode and as a viewer I think people it resonates mm-hmm. in so many different ways so um, so, so, so good. there we have it 
I've made my declaration. It is known. All right, Katie, let's wind down from this emotional high that is open mic night. We are Um, we are super long tonight, guys. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sticking around. Hopefully, it's worth it. I I think so. I think Um, so. I've got just a couple quick would you rather's, and I think one of them you've already kind of answered. But my first would you rather is: Would you rather perform at an open mic night? Or would you rather model for a photo shoot for oh, your God. workplace? <laughs> uh, I mean, so you're going to be on all the promo material, I, the website, everything. Uh, I guess an open mic would be one and done, right? Cringy, but one and done. Okay, so and you, you did karaoke. You did karaoke in Mexico, so I feel okay, like you'd yeah, be I fine. Could I could do. I could do one open mic night. It would be better than seeing my face everywhere, plus every day when you go to work or yeah, drive around town. Yeah. Okay. okay, open mic night. Okay. And then this is my last question is, would you rather have to keep a gender reveal, a secret, like Moira knew the information, okay. would you rather have to keep that secret for four months or would you rather have to attend a gender reveal party every weekend for a year? That's a lot of hormones. Every weekend? No, yes. absolutely not. I'm 52 not, gender reveals. I'm not busting every weekend on a gender reveal party. You'd rather just sit on the uh, secret, bury yeah, it in your brain secret. somewhere? I'll sit okay. on the secret. Okay, fair enough. I would like to be entrusted with that secret for a gender reveal someday. Yeah. That would be fun. That would be a fun thing to play. That would be fun for you? Okay. Yeah. Noted. For for someone special. For sure. Um, That's all I have. Well, what are we looking at? We won't. We won't be back next we're week. Have, we're Thanksgiving. off for Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah but what about after that? Thanksgiving while we're thinking of that. Yes. Um, but when we do come back, David and Patrick are celebrating a big anniversary and reluctantly to David's reluctance are going to be celebrating with a family barbecue uh, mm-hmm. at Johnny's uh, really the whole family's urging. Um, Alexis is going to have kind of her first exchange with Ted that we see since the, uh, Mourner Farms incident. Ooh. And also she's going to make an unexpected friend next episode. So oh, yeah, a couple right. of things coming up next week. Well, in two weeks, really. So um, over the break, Polls. let's talk. Yeah. Polls. I want to know if anyone's had any awkward photos or photo shoots that yeah. they can share or talk about. Open mic performances mm-hmm. of any variety, musical performance, slam poetry. Is that your thing? Improv. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe that it's also a great way to get discovered. Was anyone ever discovered at an open mic night? Yeah, that's a great question. What else um, can we ask? Gender reveals. Are you for reveals. them or against them? And ha- any any gender reveals gone wrong? Because that is a that is a big TikTok trend. That is a thing. Yes. When they open the box and it's like green balloons instead of right. pink or blue. Or they shoot a rifle with a blue gunpowder and it lights a field on fire or something crazy people, like that. People are so... Keep it simple, y'all. Keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. For real. That's All crazy. right. I think that's good. I think Great that's episode good. tonight, Stephanie. Thank you for indulging, uh, Thank long you. indulging us, guys. Yes. Uh, thanks for sticking out. around. I hope it was worth but it. Let me know if you think that, this is a good choice. Yes. Now you know why it was so long, though. Um, and again, if you're in America, have a happy, happy Turkey Day. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Watch the parade. Watch some football. Eat your faces off. Spend some time with family. Family All and the things. friends. All the things. Yep. So uh, until we come back, guys, best wishes and warmest regards. Bye. Is that enough at the end? I didn't know where yeah, I didn't know where I was to go with that. No, that's fine. That usually means it's time to wrap it up. 
your fucking faces off. Eat your fucking faces off, y'all. Fat spatula.